0: Welcome to The Community Corner, the podcast powered by Bevy. I'm your host, Beth McIntyre. In this show, I interview community builders from all spaces in the industry. Stay tuned for actionable strategies to learn and community stories to love, all in 15 minutes. I'm excited to have my next guest, Jillian Betlick, who is Director of Community at Zapier. Today, Jillian talks about how her team uses data to inform their overall community strategy and how to determine which programs they focus on. She also shares the news of Zapier's first ever user conference and how they decided it was time to host a conference. Jillian, welcome to the Community Corner. I'm so excited to have you with me today. Hi, I'm super happy to be here too. Well, let's start right away. I would love if you can describe what Zapier is and what exactly it is that you do in your role. Sure. Definitely
1: happy to talk about that. So first off, just for the world, I'll clarify. So a lot of people call us Zapier. We are Zapier. The easiest way to remember that is Zapier makes you happier. It's totally corny, but it's a great motto and it's totally true. So what does Zapier do? Basically, our company is pretty cool. I think it is. But basically what we do is we integrate web applications to other web applications to make your life easier. And so, for example, I'm going to give you one that I actually personally use. You can integrate Strava with Airtable, or you can integrate Google Calendar with Asana. And instead of having to write a bunch of fancy APIs and do all these crazy copy-paste, Zapier actually does all that for you. We currently have over 4,000 different applications that are on our platform. So if you can't find it, I would be surprised. So yeah, that's what we do. What do I specifically do? Um, I am the director of community for the Zapier community. And basically it's my job to make sure that our customers, our partners, our developers, basically whoever wants to interact with us can find knowledge wherever they are, however they are. And the way we do this is two things. We have first off the Zapier community, And I've also recently taken over help documentation. So pretty much no matter how you Google us, if you put in the words Zapier and app, you're going to find something that I've worked on.
0: Wow. Okay. So you have your hands all over the place and customer facing everything, it sounds like. I did want to just say that Zapier does make me happier. Whenever I have the feeling of like, oh, it would be so cool if I could connect this with this. And then I look in Zapier and I can, and it's just, that's such a good feeling. You can't match that feeling of automation. (laughs) Not at all. It's awesome. It's just so exciting when you actually realize it's possible. Totally. Okay. So I want to talk about your career within the community industry because you started in product development and you evolved into this director of community well first of all how has working within the product development team informed how you approach building community
1: it's a great question so i started my career way back when feels like way back when it's really not that long ago in the 2000s okay early 2000s um working in customer support and working on product development And what was kind of cool about this was that I got to see both sides of it. I got to see what our customers wanted, and I also was able to see what the organization wanted out of a community. And what this looked like in the early days for me was trying to answer questions, not being able to find answers because there was bugs, engineers saying, oh, no, we're fixing this, but we can't tell you yet, and trying to find the happy middle ground between those two things. That ended up turning into a lifelong career in customer support and it's always been focused on community because while well, I love core customer support, I love the concept of one-to-many a lot more. You know, Core customer support is usually one-to-one. I love the whole one-to-many. And so it's really been interesting for me because I feel like a lot of community managers approach community with the perspective of what just does the organization want? or what does their customer want? And a lot of times they forget that you have to play in the middle ground. And I'm lucky because my career has allowed me to really see that gray area, that that area where the two intersect. And if you can operate a community in that space, you're going to have really happy customers and you're going to have a really happy organization. So I'm really glad I've had that experience. And I'm kind of curious to see where that keeps taking me in the future.
0: Yeah, definitely. Well, I think I've said this a lot. I sometimes feel like a broken record, but you know, community professionals come from so many different backgrounds. We have so many different kinds of experiences that inform how we show up as community professionals. And so it's just cool to hear yet another path that someone has taken and how you're using your experience in a somewhat different industry or a different space and using that to help you be a better community builder. Definitely. And actually, in fact, my educational
1: background is actually in architectural engineering. So I was actually training to be a structural engineer in college, ended up going to work at Autodesk. That's where my community career started. So I guess I approach things like an engineer and an architect and a community professional.
0: (laughs) Well, that's good. And I'm glad also that you kind of mentioned that playing in the middle of both spaces, we often say that it's you're wearing two hats, you're wearing the hat of the community member to make sure that they're getting what they want, making sure they're happy, but you're also wearing the hat of the business person in a way so that you can prove the value of what you're doing. You can turn around to your company and say, this is how successful I've been. And in a lot of those cases, you need data, which brings me to my next question. How do you use data to inform what initiatives you focus on? How do you choose what programs you're running and, and when you should launch them and how you're going to launch them? So
1: I'm a data nerd, uh, total data nerd. Anyone who works with me or anyone who has worked with me uh, finds this out real, real fast that my happy place is in the middle of a giant CSV file full of chaos and raw data. And so... It's taken a long career to figure out how to not get lost in those files. But really what I've kind of figured out up to this point is to really hone in on how do you align community metrics, like what's actually available with organizational objectives. Back in the early days of my career, I used to just go after really, really big flashy numbers. Like those were the exciting things, you know, high percentages, things that were in the millions. And it took a while to actually learn that a lot of times the story is in trends, it's in predictive analysis, It's in finding ways to use your data to be proactive and kind of finding the things that community is uniquely qualified to do. So, for instance, a project that we're working on right now at Zapier is to figure out how to serve up proactive content, which is kind of crazy if you think about it, because how could we even know what our customers are going to do before they do it? Well, the reality is that we can see their clicks, their impressions. We can see what they've navigated to, what they've clicked away from. We can see all of this content. And we have a pretty good idea of what a trend will look like before it's a trend. And that means that we can actually write content before it even becomes a big deal. And that helps our one-to-one support department. That helps our marketing department. That can help engineering, leadership, and all different sorts of groups like that. But generally speaking, we tend to use content to, or not content metrics, to really try to get you know an idea of are we doing better, are we doing worse, are we where where we should be. But the big thing, you know, I guess the one thing I, I'd offer up to anyone listening to this or you know watching this is you have to make sure that you provide the actions from your data. You know, a lot of times you see people just throw up this huge dashboard and they're like, ta da, we're amazing. Well. What do you want people to actually know out of that data? What is it the story that you're trying to tell? And that's been something that I can't say I have the magical answer yet, but I've spent my entire career working towards that point of what are the perfect measurements and metrics to give someone and exactly when to give it to them. Mm -hmm.
0: That's actually a really interesting point, because the metrics could also change based on who you're telling. You know, I'm glad that you brought up that idea of storytelling, because data is just data until you paint a picture around it, until you tell that story. Why is this important? And why is this important to you, the person I'm telling this story to? And you heard it here first, the people at Zapier are using data to predict the future.
1: (laughs) We're trying. We're definitely trying. Definitely a, like a, a work in, in progress. But yeah, it's really important to remember who you're talking to. Because for instance, if I'm talking to Wade, our CEO or I'm talking to Jesse, who is my community strategist, the data that we're going to discuss is totally different because Wade is going to care how I'm serving the company objectives. He's going to want big, actionable things that are finalized. He doesn't want to have to draw a conclusion. He wants me to tell him what's the best course of action from a community perspective. But then if I'm working with Jesse, that's where we might dig into our raw file. We're going to go see what unique users are doing, look for some trends, and really
0: have a different type of conversation. Totally, that's really good. Really good advice. So Zapier's first ever user conference is coming up in October, and I would love to hear just in this wonderful world of hybrid and virtual events, and you know the current world situation. What kind of user conference is this, and how did you decide that now was the time to host one?
1: So start with who it's for. Um, this is definitely for our customers, and really. What's happening is is we're at a point where we just have so much knowledge and excitement and passion and momentum around Zapier as as a whole. It's a very well-known brand. A lot of people are just so stoked when they hear about it because it makes your life better. It literally makes you happier. And so we kind of got to that point where there was a decision from the organization. Let's try this. It's our first ever. Let's see how it goes. And because we're all remote right now, which Zapier is always remote, that's a different story, it seemed like actually a really good year to give this a try, because we know that our users are all around the world. And by having a virtual conference, we're not excluding anyone. So what is it really all about? Um, This is the conference is really around unlocking possibilities. We have this, this kind of belief system in Zapier that anyone out there can leverage automation, which is what we do. And this is a really great way for people to kind of unlock the possibilities. They can dig into the thought process, the logic of, you know, how to actually build automation into your workflows, whether they're business or personal, and really kind of dig into that customer potential. So we're pretty excited about it. Community specifically is going to be hanging out in all the chat rooms during the conference and helping answer a whole bunch of questions because we're really good at searching. We're really good at copying and pasting existing resources. So we are super, super excited to help out with that.
0: Awesome. Well, I hope that I can go because I'm not like avid Zapier user. I'm a very simple, basic Zapier user, but I'm all about supporting you and your team because you do make me happier.
1: (laughs) Sounds good. And just a note, it is totally free. It is our free user conference. I'm just going to put that out there. So
0: free. (laughs) That's awesome. That's an even easier case to make to my boss. I love it. Well, Jillian, thank you so much for sharing all of your great advice and your experience today. We have time for one more question. And this is the question that I ask every guest. Who is a community builder that you would love to grab lunch with? This
1: is one of those questions I always struggle to answer because I've had lunch with a lot of really cool people. I'm lucky to say that. The person I'd love to have lunch with, I actually don't know their name. So that's kind of the funny part. But I would really love to talk to a community builder who works in the really ugly and glorious side of moderation so something like the new york times or facebook or reddit i just want to like just hear the stories i don't know why i think it's because i spent a lot of my career in moderation so like i just want to have a lunch with you know a few drinks and just talk horror stories in moderation i don't know why but that's what i want
0: (laughs) hey i'm sure they're out there i'm sure they're Even some of them are listening and would love to grab more than a few drinks with you and share some stories. I think moderators are definitely some of the heroes in our industry. So cheers to the moderators out there. Definitely. Well, thank you so much, Jillian. It's been such a pleasure to chat with you. Same. Yeah, I'm so happy I had a chance to chat. And uh, yeah, this is great. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. If you liked the show, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. If you'd like to learn more about how to create your own community, go to pod.bevy.com. That's pod.bevy.com. This is The Community Corner, and I'm Beth McIntyre.